0: Welcome to Dad Rocks, a podcast for dads who love music, made by dads who love music. Hello, and welcome to Dad Rocks, the podcast about being a dad and loving music and how the two intersect in our lives. I'm your host, Josh, and today's show is one of a three-part miniseries on a very personal subject for me, my father, David Frisch. So if you're not interested in hearing about my dad, feel free to skip these episodes, but I do hope you stick around as this was an important project for me to undertake as you'll soon hear. If you've been a regular listener of this show, you'll know that my father was a huge influence on my life in almost every way possible, but music was probably the biggest influence my dad had on me from the music he played in the house and in the car to taking me to shows to encouraging me to play music then eventually finding ways for my bands to perform, he had a major impact on the musical part of my life. Though he never took any formal music lessons, he had the gift of having a musical ear and taught himself how to play harmonica, then guitar, and later the dobro. On top of all of that, he was a great singer and could harmonize with almost anyone, and he loved playing music, whether in an informal jam or a scheduled gig or just for my brother and I. Music was what made him truly happy, and it was a major outlet for him, especially after a long day's work in his chiropractic practice. So why am I choosing to do this three-part miniseries on him now? Well, on February 13th, 2003, my father passed away from a heart attack, making today, if you're listening to this podcast on the day that it was released, the 20th anniversary of his death. I figured now is as good a time as any to talk to people whom my dad played music with throughout his life. The way I initially approached this was to break his performing career into three eras. His time with his high school band Powdered Milk in the late 60s. His time with the almost original synthetic urban swamp grass jug band in the late 1970s and early 1980s. And then later in the few years before his death. And his time with the band The Old Man Jam in the mid to late 90s. While my initial approach was to do something in some chronological order, Two of the conversations cover multiple time periods of my dad's life, so I decided to release all three episodes at the same time and let the listener decide how they wanted to listen to the episodes. On this episode, I discuss my dad's time in the almost original synthetic Urban Swampgrass Jug Band with two of his bandmates and close friends, Dave Rubin and Jeff Tyler. As you'll hear, Dave and Jeff were a major part of my childhood, as all of our families would go on yearly camping trips together and And I even joined the band as a washboard player for a few years after I came home from college. However, I never really knew much about what went on when my dad joined the band in the late 1970s and what the band was like in the early 1980s. So it was great to talk to Dave and Jeff about this time period for the band, as well as talking about my dad and reminiscing about some great times we all had together. I hope you enjoy. Dave and Jeff, welcome to Dad Rocks.
1: Hey Josh, how you doing?
0: Doing good. Yeah. Yeah, nice to see you. Nice to see you guys too. It's it's been it does feel like forever since we saw each other. I do not know when the last time it was. I don't know if it was that Madison. Uh, I I I no, I know when it was. It was it was probably at uh, at Jim's um, memorial uh, yeah. dinner, which was about like five months before the pandemic hit
1: yes that was correct yeah yeah
0: yeah and jim is uh jim vasconcellus who was a founding member of the band uh when you guys started it all back in high school correct
1: that's correct indeed
0: yeah um so how have you guys been though since uh in the in these past three plus years since we've last seen each other well
1: i've been i mean i've been good i you know i have a the business that i run with uh, with Bonnie, my wife, mm-hmm. but I've been doing, I've actually been doing a fair amount of playing. I'm playing with a couple of different guys now, uh, a group called the 4th Street Night Owls, where we do like fat swaller, 1930s, 1940s jazz. And there's a couple other guys I sort of jam with every once in a while. And then I do get to see jazz and Doug once in a while, and we get together and play our stuff.
2: Yeah, we're on the, uh, you know, three to six times a year playing out,
1: oh, nice. and
2: uh, twenty times practicing. We we enjoy practicing.
0: Well, when you get to hang out with your, some some of your best buds, it's always it's always fun to practice.
2: Yeah, it's our version of the card night.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: and, Jeff, and we you ret- create. We like yeah. to create. So again, I I wanna uh, you know thank you guys for both coming on to the show. Um, and, you know, as I mentioned, I was a member of the band. So I've had conversations with both of you about my father being in the band, um, but it's been a while. Um, so, you know, I, I remember Dave telling me on, on one of our long drives down to Albert Hall in Town for one of the few gigs I play with you down there. How did uh, my dad get involved in the band? Like, what is the story of how, he got involved because i know he wasn't there when it started because you guys started in high school and he did not go to the same high school and he's a few years older than you guys
2: all right so how did it all start uh dave let me take the uh, first part okay go ahead the
1: second part all
2: right so it's nineteen seven. dave um dave and i are not original members we we joined like a year or two years after the initial band so 72 73 something like that anyway um we had been together a long time and um our dear friend doug bandmate um was a bit of a becoming a bit of a handful uh, he was just sort of we you know he was he was doing things that we none of us liked you know, just like sort of just being full of himself sometimes. And by the way, you got a lot of girls. But um, anyway, remember, Dave, we went on that that guy's uh, out Route 22. Some guy had a part all night party. And Car- I think Carly was with us. And anyway, I... we got paid. This guy paid us, uh, put put us up, paid us to play at this all day party thing and um so we had some free time the night before we got there like on friday i think mm-hmm. and um so we we went hiking at this reservoir and doug was just like we had all had it with him he was just so like in his own world so we're at this reservoir and he's standing with these ch- the chukka boots you know like the tall mm-hmm. whatever those uh Chuck, a, uh, well, they're called Uggs now, but yeah. back yeah. in the day, I don't know what they were called. Barn boots. Anyway, he's standing there and he strikes this pose, and it was like hilarious. We were all like standing there, like I can't believe he's doing this. And I see this dead fish on the ground, and I pick it up, and I sneak over and I drop it into the top of his boot and down, you know. And we pers- continue on our hike around this reservoir. And we come back and I don't know how much later he notices that he's got a fish in his boot. <laughs> and of course, when that happens, you know, yeah, uh, he's not very happy. Well, that was the beginning of the end. And I got elected by the band because um, I was living at his house. Uh, I had lived at his house, so we're pretty tight. And uh, so I got elected to kick him out of the band. <laughs> oh, okay. God. So we kicked out our sort of lead singer guy. And, mm-hmm. you know, what are we supposed to do? All right. That's my that's my setup, Dave. Okay. So then I put an
1: ad in the aquarium hmm. for a, somebody to play in a jug. I think I, the words were, I think I said it as a jug band. And, you know, if you could play the jug or something like that. That would be really cool, and I think your dad was the only guy that <laughs> responded to the ad. <laughs> and um, I was living in this little apartment in Allendale at the time, which the, the actually the space I was living in they were converted chicken coops that they oh, wow. had, that they had made into an apartment. And I invited him over, and he came over with that, you know that brown gill d25 that he had whatever i have it i have it in the
0: house i actually have it in my house
1: so he came over he was playing that and um i was like whoa and then of course we were playing and then the conversation uh turned to chinese restaurants and then that was the end of it because (laughs) when we were starting about talk about chinese food (laughs) all right you're in the band so um, well, actually, what so we played, was sang, and I was like, this is pretty cool. And I called the rest of the guys up. I said, you got to hear this guy. And he, uh, we got together somewhere. I don't remember specifically where, but he came and played, and it was like instant
2: uh, instant hit. I mean, it was like uh, love at first chord, hmm. whatever they called it. That was 1978, and right. I know I kicked uh, – it was like summer – when I when I went and did that and I guess it was fall of 78 hmm. right Dave something like that. yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah it was because yeah it had to have been 78 because I was living in Allendale
2: I just pulled and... out I just pulled out uh my cassette tapes and oh, I wow. pulled out this song list
0: holy moly
2: and <clears throat> I can pinpoint on it Josh uh when your dad died because hmm. There's a song we did, and we only did it once. Yeah. Now there's okay. a few songs we only did once, but we did "I'm I'm so lonesome I could cry" on the 27th of February
1: at Albert Hall. Trying, wait, we was, were. Was that we were February? Practicing, was,
0: what was that February? February 2002 or February 2003? Because he passed away in February 13th, 2003.
2: No, it must. Yeah. Oh, you played it after he passed away and uh yeah we must have gotten together the next tuesday to decide what we're doing and we
1: yeah. said let's right. go for it yeah, yeah. well and your but your mom came your mom was yeah, there.
2: yeah yeah yeah
1: and we'll yeah.
0: talk i want to I'll, I'll get to that uh yeah. we'll get to that a little later yeah, I do but wanna, we, I can, we, yes well you, you the point is that you have all these songs yeah that you were you, you brought out now did when so when you guys rehearsed with my dad the first time the band was you two jim on bass and was gary part of the band yes. too
2: yeah i think he was still with us at the yes. time yeah. okay. and So, so... I, my first cassette tapes where we were ready as a band were mm-hmm. Fev, january february 79 Oh wow! so i think we were practice you know we had to practice a while and get to know each other because we weren't you know we were all married and you know we uh not but not yet having kids, but mm-hmm. uh, you know we're busy. So uh, I I don't have any cassettes that I can see that are older than January seventy nine, and um, yeah. So um, we must have been working it up um, in the fall and the winter, and then started playing. You remember the office, Dave? Yes, Was I that remember in the office. Or- Nanyuet. It, it was in
1: Nanyuet, and yeah. that was a very funny gig
2: because no 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 that... no nyack,
1: nyack 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 right we played we played there uh the office was actually all at the time was owned by a guy named jack D. pietro who was a drummer who went to berkeley with me oh, okay. so that's how i knew the place and i'm guessing that was was that the first gig dave played with us it might have been.
2: I think and, it was. And I I had I was just listening to it. And oh, I'm wow. like well, I, holy crap, we're good. Well I gotta well, hear it. Like, Whoa,
1: Whoa. Whoa, that's us. Yeah, but the, here's the funny thing. I got I got there. I felt like crap. There was something wrong. I had a cold, I had a headache or whatever. He took me in the back in the kitchen. He goes, Let me let, let me take care of you. He gave me an adjustment back there, you know, cracked my yeah. neck in the back. I was like, whoa, what'd you do? And I think that when Jeff said we were good, I think it was one of the best gigs I ever played <laughs> after he did that. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy.
0: So, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, so he was he was at that time. So if I was 79, I think he, I guess he and my mom were just, were, were dating at the time and he had his practice. Well, I can tell you
2: life. that story because I called your mom before. Dave oh. better remember because oh. Jim's not around anymore. And Jim oh, remembered gosh. everything. So thanks for remembering, Dave. But um I was kind of wanted to make absolutely certain on the on the facts because I was talking to Audrey, my wife, yeah. and um about, yeah, we went to a bluegrass festival. That's right. Dave and Paula. And I'm pretty sure it was like their first date. And Audrey was, was like, no, no, that's, I don't remember that. And I was, so Dave, you remember that, right?
1: Absolutely. Well, it was the Hillsdale. It was, it was in Hillsdale, New York. It was, it, I, I think it, uh, there is an ongoing Bluegrass Festival there right now. It was a different name, hmm. but I remember that, you know, we
2: camped out, you I might know, have, we were playing. I, I have
0: pictures of that. Let me I, Yeah, I, I think I have some, or at least some pictures oh, of, I, of some camp.
2: I am certain I had pictures of that.
0: Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. I, I don't, it definitely wasn't my parents' first date because my parents' first date was my dad took my mom to Chinatown to try to gross her out or something like that and see how she would react. <laughs> um, and so that was, uh, that was the first, that was their first date, but it was yeah, probably had, early we, on when they were dating.
2: Well, yeah, so this was camping and they were yeah. sleeping together. So yeah. right. uh, I, I sure hope it wasn't their first date. <laughs> um,
0: so, you guys mentioned, uh, you know, wh- like that that first rehearsal with the five of you. And you, Dave, you said it was kind of like, you know, love at first chord. So what was my dad like in, in, in that capacity? I mean, did he kind of just let you all tell him what to do? Or he, was he kind of just already like within, you know, part of the group? Like, did it feel like he already just was a member of it?
1: Well, you know, he felt it, it felt very comfortable, but we play a lot a lot of our stuff's original. So, yeah. you know, you had to teach them how to do this. And, and back in, back when we were very nimble, I mean, we had choreography and everything. So, you know, he had to learn how to do the, the, the Robin Hood line and the, you know, the Tarzan yeah.
2: stuff and,
1: you know, all that kind of thing. So it was, it was really... I don't know if he ever got used to that, but...
2: <laughs> yeah, it, that it, but wasn't it, his forte. But he no. also brought... You know, so much himself. Yeah, he had, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, great. He was already writing songs. You know, we all of us wrote songs. So we were, and we liked his songs. So it was See, like, yeah, I didn't it even was know. Like, it was like instant fit. Yeah, I didn't even know he
0: wrote songs because he did. I don't even know what songs you guys did that were his other than the stuff later on before he passed away. And I was talking to one of his his old bandmates from high school. And he said that they had, none of them were able to write songs because there was a possibility that they could have gotten some sort of record deal, but they were just a cover band. They weren't, they they didn't have any original songs. Um, So I had no idea that he actually, I I have a lyric sheet of his that he wrote, I guess, or a poem when he quit Nabisco um, and it's still on my mom's piano. But I, I have didn't know he wrote songs and i i don't remember any of the songs that he actually wrote when you guys would play when i was little
2: well i think yeah blackberry uh, brumbles is
0: yeah okay that's yeah.
2: late that's later yeah. yeah but um well i know he and i wrote one day we we wrote uh everside together yeah oh, oh yeah that's okay right. everside yeah and I, uh, did, I
0: didn't know he was a co-writer on that yeah that's a great song yeah
2: that was that was a lot of fun and um yeah i think that was just kind of the you know he was into what we were into like we we don't care if we play you know out well we got to an age where we didn't have to do that you know it's like you're doing it for the art and for the camaraderie and the music and creating even if you only played it one time um you know it was It was working on it it was like theater is a lot like that right you you work on it Mm -hmm. work on it work on it maybe you perform it three times and that's it you know so um it i think he he really enjoyed that that part of it and uh i enjoyed the fact that he had a a tenor and my Mm -hmm. tenor wasn't what it used to be so (laughs) like it was perfect and then it you know he was Yeah, you guys terrific. always
0: sounded great singing together. I mean, that was one. Yeah. Thing and I
2: mean, he was uh, well, a, he he different was a great voice singer. and a terrific yeah. lead singer.
0: Yeah. Um, now, were you guys, you had mentioned a couple of gigs. I mean, were there a lot, did you guys, did you all play? I mean, obviously, did the band play a lot of gigs? Uh, you know, I, in my mind, it's like, I don't know how often a jug band can find a gig, uh, especially, you know, in, a, a, you know, but, the, you know, this is today. Were there a lot of opportunities for you to play? And what kind of places were you playing? Were you playing parties? That kind of stuff.
1: Prior to Dave being in the band, we actually went through a period where we had this guy that was kind of like a, I don't know what you call him, like a booking agent or whatever. And he was actually booking us a lot. I mean, we used to play at a, and I don't think Dave was involved with this, but there was this place we would play at, Mickey's Comet Pizzeria in Elizabeth. Where I think we played on Sunday nights and it was broad, it was radio broadcast every Sunday from some I don't know where, but we did that, and then we used to play at the English Town Music Hall, um, things like
2: that. You know, um, um, yeah. we played uh, bluegrass. We played a lot of bluegrass back back then. You know, we had we, Gary was still in the band he's a fantastic banjo player um and your dad's voice really lent itself to hard drive and blue bluegrass songs so we really ramped up our bluegrass stuff over those early years when he was in the band um and then of course in 90 uh uh in 92 uh I mean sorry in 82 uh you came along Eighty three,
0: yeah. 83.
2: You are, you're you're 83 yeah evan's right. evan's 82 uh I'm all right July he's 83. almost 83 yeah. okay yeah <laughs> yeah anyway yeah. you know what I, you know yeah. where yeah. i was going yeah. yeah 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 um and and that you know you have kids you just you know they they're it, they're wonderful um uh, but you you have less time for the band oh, i i
0: understand that perfectly right now so <laughs> but, then,
2: but then i have uh this this song list and chart when we consciously got back together not that we weren't together we kind of dabbled for a while and then we were like let's get a little more serious with it plus our kids were sort of getting a little older and we played at albert hall starting in i i show it as 2002 um and um july i remember that that first time we played there was like we burned the house down it was Mm -hmm. was, was, oh yeah that was was,
1: unbelievable
2: it really was
1: we were one of the only bands i've heard that they ever allowed to play encore and encore (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah, so i don't know why i wasn't at that show i mean i think because i was i must i was home maybe i was away that weekend uh because that was between my freshman and sophomore years of college so i don't know if it mm. was just like i don't want to go to or something like that yeah. Um, yeah, that was a that was a killer was that, show. That was the one was, I think there was recordings of that, isn't that where uh family members came up to do background vocals and stuff like that? Was that was that that show? I can no, tell I every song that, no. we did.
1: No, I think that was later when family guys came up. I mean there's okay. there's things. I mean you're in you're in some the, yeah, well, the that, famous that, yeah, that was, yeah the
0: last later. <laughs> um I I do want to before Jeff you get into that because um so because yeah. there are the the one thing i i don't know if i've asked you about this and i might may have the pictures that i see of the band it, from my parents photo albums in the late 70s early 80s don't include you jeff there's a guy with a bushy beard who who is not you so oh yeah what happened uh during that time because that was like oh this is the band and then why why are we hanging out with jeff like you know going camping with him i didn't know he was in the in the band and stuff like that so oh.
2: That was Mike, right? The, I, well, the, well, there was a player, friend of. Uh, oh no, there was that other. No, guy. The,
1: the long that ear. other
2: guy for a little. Yeah, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't remember his name. I remember <laughs> Mike, who was Gary's friend. Yeah, that Maine. was before. That was before. Yeah. Um, Audrey and I. Uh, well, let's see. We lived in Valley Cottage until eighty four. I believe it was eighty four. Really. When I moved down to Monmouth County, Uh, when when we had that, I mean, it's like I wasn't, I didn't have time to do that. I worked in New York City, you know. Okay, yeah, I just it just wasn't a lot of time. Yeah, rest of them were near near enough, but even so, Gary was in Connecticut. He was yeah. in connecticut by then so i'm not quite sure how much you got you know your guys got together i'm remembering that guy it's his name's gonna come to me and i think he lived up by gary
1: my memory of him's a little vague i remember the other fellow mike hughes yeah the guitar mike, player yeah i remember him more but i mean he was like an amazing guitar player i mean he was
0: yeah he was you know he was incredible as you were mentioning obviously the band did take a step back when everyone was having kids was that like a conscious decision to I mean obviously you must have taken a conscious decision because you weren't playing with the band Jeff uh, for for a little bit but was it kind of just like life took over and you guys stopped playing as much because you know we did growing up obviously you know for us obviously it's obvious but you know I rem- distinctly remember so many camping trips with all of our families, going up to Dave to your parents' place, uh, their bed and breakfast, and yeah. just being constant jam sessions. Uh, so growing up, you you guys were a prominent part of my life, and I knew that the band existed. And also when we'd go up to, I guess, Gary's friend's place in Connecticut for those. Yeah. Uh, oh, the barn. Yeah, yeah the barn, yeah. Um, but when you guys had kids, was it a, a conscious decision to ramp things down or just kind of happened?
1: I think it just kind of happened i don't think we anybody said oh let's not play anymore it's just that everybody had their lives going on right. i mean i remember I, I used to go to your house and play with dave just the two of us every once in a right. while you know we did that kind of a thing um guys I, I remember at your house uh going over there one time playing with dave and ed elstrom stop came over and Ed started playing with us and you know, all that. That was that was crazy. Yeah. And, and and then we did a and we did a thing in your living room as a band with uh I think Chris Bolger was the engineer when we did all these recordings. Oh wow. That's where we I think the original Hop High Ladies and with the vocal intro was recorded there.
0: <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> who who made the decision to start going on these family trips? And was it was just something that you guys decided to do or you know because i i remember it was a yearly excursion up to the berkshires to your parents place dave and every spring we would go camping at covered uh, a covered bridge um get together as well as some other places um so i was this like how did it that was all band
1: family it was our yeah. band well, and you know yeah but- we were we, we were just all really good friends and yeah. it was like what's Let's do something not like because we're a band, but let's do it because we're friends and we all kids. Yeah, you know, we'll we'll all just get together.
2: You know, I got a story for you, okay? um, That maybe sheds a little light on how we see ourselves, and maybe you know, someone else had to tell me. So, our band um, was influenced by Jim Queskin, who had a jug band in the in. the late sixties and you know, this is a white guy playing black music, Mm -hmm. right? It was the folk revival, but we didn't know any of that stuff. We just liked Jim Questkin's jug band and we formed this jug band. We're still together, still together, still getting together year, you know, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years later, we, um, we see Jim Queskin's, uh is playing and we all get tickets, the band and, uh, and wives, and we go see Jim Queskin. Jim, our bass player, Jim Vasconcelos, has t-shirts made and we all wear these t-shirts. We're like, you know, I never have ever done this and will never ever do it again. I'm like this, you know, screaming girl at the, you know, ah! <laughs> I'm just wild about Jim Queskin and, we go see them. And of course, fantastic. And we knew every song. And and then, you know, it's a small venue. And, uh, you know, nowadays, a lot of artists, you know, they're in the back and you say right. hello and you buy their stuff. So we see them in the hall and I ask, we have Jim Queskin and actually uh, Jeff Moldauer was with them too. So, I mean, we had the the you know, it was awesome anyway. He signed our t-shirts like on our backs <laughs> yeah. and I have photos. Uh, it was, uh, it was special. So anyway, I, I'm talking to Jim Queskin and, and then I'm like, you know, you inspired us and we, we, we started a jug band and, 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 uh, oh, well, that's nice. You know, he says and everything. And then I go, yeah, and we're still together. And he, and you know, and he's like, really? And I say, yeah, yeah. 50 years. We're like going on 50 years and and he goes well i said you know we we always sort of you know regretted like we never really tried to you know go big time and all of that and everything (laughs) and he goes you know my band was together like three years that was it (laughs) (laughs) you guys left 50 years i've said that's something to be proud of yeah and uh and i think that sums up our band you know we are 're um there's just so much fun and when we when the when you and the other children started getting involved it was just it just you know perpetuated it and look your brother is a musician yeah. you're very much involved with music you know um Dave's uh, Dave's kids are very musical you know one of my two is Very musical, you know, and and we all enjoy going camping and getting out the guitars and singing like old times. And, you know, when when your kids are of the certain age, Josh, hopefully we're going to be going back to Covered Bridge because I already talked to your mom about doing it. So I haven't
0: I haven't been camping in forever. The last time I did any kind of camping was with a friend of mine when we did a, a road trip around the country. And they my my friend was someone who brought all the camping gear. I have no camping gear, I have not been camping in forever. I would love to do it. I just I just don't know what to, what I'd be doing. That's the problem. And Wait, um
2: You don't have to own at it for a few years.
1: Just, <laughs> I'll tell you this. I the, I guess it was the summer before all the COVID stuff happened.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Bonnie and I camped at Covered Bridge again. We mm-hmm. went up there to Livingston Manor. It's got new ownership. It's actually um I think they did a pretty good job. They cleaned it up a little bit. You still
2: still, so
0: still on the R? You still did you camp on the old R, the RV site that we would always camp on? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, no, we were all a little on the other side of that where we camp. Yeah, they have they have it more. There's more RV kind of like, you know, those camper things. Gotcha. Uh, there's a space for that, and then there's a space for tents. So we were in the gotcha. the tent area, yeah, but no, it, it was very. It was very fun. Those were, Livingston Manor is quite a oh, nice little town. Yeah,
0: I mean, those were some of the, some amazing memories I have of being at that campsite with you guys and just learning and like, hearing music and playing all those songs and just, you know, every time. it'd be, For me, it's so fun to take out all the, the, the toys, Jeff, that you would bring and, like, the kazoos and, and, the, uh, yeah. and the washboard, which we were never allowed to really touch the washboard as, as a kid. But <laughs> we... Uh, <laughs> We got to play all and the... Now, all the all...
2: And that's why you're a drummer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: so... Well, that's true. I remember hearing you play. I said to your dad, I said, this kid's got rhythm. You better, yeah. you know, push the drum on him. And he, he did. I well, mean, I, the story... When yeah. you were like two years old or no. something, it was unbelievable. He, he
0: did put me on, uh, gave me gave me rhythm lessons. But he originally, he did not want me to play drums. He... Because so I wanted to play trumpet, and the only reason he told me I couldn't play trumpet was because he of his office, and he was like, "I don't want to hear that, you, you know, playing and practicing." <laughs> so at the time when I was in fourth grade or third grade, going to fourth grade, the the band the band teacher at my school, the music teacher at my school, only did orchestra, so it was percussion. So you would have the percussionists do like classical percussion. So my dad's like, "You'll get a pad, you'll practice on your pad, that's fine." And we had roto toms in the house too. <laughs> And then the next year, we got a new music music teacher who was a jazz musician. He found a drum set, and that was history. So, you know, yeah. a year later, I had a drum set in the house, and then my dad started to play rock and roll music again. So, um, you know, I think going back to what you were saying, Jeff, about it being like a family and just friends, and you guys just joined playing together, and the fact that you did not try to make it a thing was also, I think, a big factor in why my dad liked being in the band because, um, you know, I talked to um, – glenn taylor of the coots and you know that was one of the things that kind of made my dad step back from it was when they started to really go after it and play a lot more and he didn't want any of that so i think the fact that you would just get together almost weekly just to play and then do a gig every once in a while for no money and there's no there's really no uh, uh pressure other than to just perform and for you know for your own good i think Wait, there that, was no money
1: <laughs> oh, let me tell you what,
0: Josh. We we just told you there was no money. Where was my cut from those gigs? <laughs> um. No, that was
2: a tryout.
0: It was
1: try it was a
2: two year tryout. Uh um, no, you were a, a junior member.
0: Yeah, oh gotcha, I
2: gotcha. Right, like an yeah.
1: intern intern enter, right.
0: You had mentioned like in the early two thousands. Uh, I think this was when I was in college, Uh, by the time I started college, is when you you all started playing again in earnest. Um, And by this time, you know, it was... You know, Gary was already, like, kind of on the... He was gone, yeah. yeah. I I really only knew Gary very, you know, briefly. Like, just he was playing your band, but, you know, he didn't have any kids. And he was up in Connecticut, so he wasn't part of our family uh, adventures. But, so, how did... You know, I know that we all were, were close. I mean, I remember going to all your kids' graduation parties and, you know, you guys were at my my brother's bar mitzvahs. And so we were all still, you know, close. But what made you or who started or came up with the idea or was the catalyst for getting back together and playing again as like a band?
1: I think maybe it was, Jeff, maybe when you started talking to the guys at Albert Hall maybe that was yeah probably what what started that
2: yeah it um, Albert Hall was I mean we play we we were playing like this and that uh, but not you know nothing like super serious and when I heard about Albert Hall uh, I guess we went down and you know checked it out and whatever uh, but so Albert Hall's in Waretown, New Jersey. It's um, it's a music hall uh, uh, offering uh, mostly acoustic. It's it bills itself as um, you know piney music. So it's it's like bluegrass. Well, back when we played uh, bluegrass, um, folky kind of stuff. The hall holds like. I don't know three four hundred people mm-hmm. um it's, it's all the Pine
1: Lands cultural society i think yes. isn't it?
2: all all volunteer run <laughs> um they have a beautiful building on property owned by the board of it, uh who let them build the building and then they can use it for assemblies for a school right that it's on the property mm-hmm. of it's a super setup um people come there to listen to music you know it's not a bar you know they're sitting there and they're watching you right and it's a, a concert. concert yeah the beauty part of a beauty part of albert hall is you could be a beginner right if you have the guts to go uh, to get a time slot on stage or go on stage they'll let you do that now that means you know some some of the acts are maybe you know maybe a little lacking but it generally brings the the quality up right and then mm-hmm. in the middle of the summer the people that ran the place at least back when we played there you know they would you have a much bigger crowd in the summer and um you know they'd know who the good bands are and they'd want to book everybody and we just start we played in July of 2002 and we were just this place is awesome you know for us it was like playing a stadium or something because mm-hmm. it was just that many people sitting there paying attention um yeah i think i think
1: we used to play once a month right wasn't something like that
2: yeah we we did uh one two three four five six no we played six times it four four to six times a year is is how is how we did it and there, but we practiced because I would say pretty much every single time we worked up, if not one new song, more than one new song. And sometimes we we had like entire set of stuff that we just worked up, as you know, because at a, probably one of the last times we played there, you were with us and we did mm-hmm. the Lumberjack song. Um, and, you know, we just did stuff like that. It was fun as hell. And, uh, and we had recordings it. of we, we it. Did it.
1: We did a jug band opera one we time
2: did. yeah and
1: yeah. then we we did the uh i don't know if that was part of it the thing with the the sweatshirt the t-shirts with the letters on them oh, yes. and moving yeah. around so at the at the last song everyone was across it spelled jug
2: band nice yeah
1: it was <laughs> uh
2: we just had a lot of fun and uh it you know it felt for us it felt like the and, and uh, they do build themselves as the Grand Old Opry of New Jersey. And, you know, we felt like we were like a premiere act for a little while. You know, when we got there, uh, we had fans and, you know, it was great. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. it was a show really up, good. It was time. like, oh, you guys playing tonight? Yeah. 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 I mean, sometimes
1: you get out of the car and you, you know, you walk into the into the place oh you guys are here like oh my god that's great you know
0: yeah and the cool thing is they had dressing rooms yeah i remember so, that i do remember you, that Yeah. that was yeah, really it was, cool yeah. it, de- yeah, it definitely yeah. was a, a very it's a it's a beautiful place and it was a great place to perform and it's it was i you know for where it is it's it's amazing like you know in the middle of the pine barrens basically uh, but under uh, the, the picking shed
1: it's yeah. a great
2: story and then you know all good things come to an end and um, that run was like four four years, four or five years, yeah. and um, and then you know, people change and yeah, yeah. Well, so, so um, so when you guys were you know
0: getting back together, when you got I guess that gig, it was did the gig itself kind of propel you to play more and kind of make put it, uh more like get back to it as like a thing um or was it like or how did, i think how did...
2: i think it was a perfect fit for us because we just like creating we like creating and um yeah we we do we cover songs of course but we make them our own um you know they may not be like in the popular imagination um type songs um but we like to create new stuff and then do you know have a make make an act out of it and uh and then the, this gave us a 20 minute 20 minute set 25 minute set so five to seven songs that you could just work on work on work on work on and then you'd perform them and by the way they record the sound and record a video of them so hmm. we have a re- we have recordings of everything and you know it was and just a fantastic audience, you know, for what we were, it was the perfect thing to me, right. you know? Um, right, Dave. And uh, I mean, oh, I was, was going to say, we should try to do it again. We should, we should uh, look into it.
1: Yeah, I would do that. Yeah. I, I mean, it was gr- It was a lot of fun. I yeah. mean, the the audience was great. They were always like super appreciative, <laughs> you know, it wasn't like you were playing in front of a bunch of critics that were going to say, oh, you know, those guys aren't as authentic as uh, whatever. You know, it was just because we never were we, we played, we were a jug band, but we were not an authentic jug band right. in the sense like we didn't play like the old Memphis jug band just like the Memphis jug band and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, we did, uh, actually it was a few years ago we played at the the jug band jamboree at uh, the uh yeah the the wilson theater the, the jalopy theater in brooklyn hmm. and there were five or six jug bands on the gig and everyone came up and they all played the same jug band chestnuts yeah. and I, and we i think we played at a totally original set <laughs> and and everybody was like you know who the heck are these guys you know yeah. but it was it was it was really it was fun. I mean, I, we people really appreciated it. Yeah. I mean, who would hear Robin Hood or Tarzan yeah. or any of those nutty things that we would do? And with with the choreography, you know,
0: right. now
1: everyone else was too cool. We <laughs> we we were not. They were,
2: and that's kind <laughs> of been our style on pretty much everything. So yeah. when we were a you know bluegrass band, you know, we we would. Do thing, you know, like we had our own little way your of, of
0: your your, your yeah, own style. Yeah.
2: You know, it was jazzy because it, you know, Dave went to Berkeley. So, you know, we had that <laughs> well, I remember
1: I, I I guess Dave was not with us, but we played at the bluegrass contest at South Street Seaport. And I remember doing we did Remington Ride, which is like you know, a fairly straightforward, hot bluegrass mm-hmm. tune. And in the middle it's we sound. switched to
3: yeah.
1: a waltz or something right in the middle or something in swing time. Right in we you are burning and then we boom 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 <laughs> play through one and then go back to the fast and it just it it knocked a lot of people out just yeah. to see that. Of course, we didn't place in the top five <laughs> because we were not cool, but
2: no, a lot we of had a like gig it. the next day, Dave, as Jim oh, would tell the story on long oh, island okay. remember we played at some band oh, shell
1: oh oh that yeah we played and with they, Jay Unger that night
2: yeah they begged us to stay to come back on sunday even though they were you know they they weren't saying we were in the running but my yeah. my recollection was we did well enough but we decided that we had a gig the next day and we weren't you know well we weren't planning on we didn't think we were going to get anywhere with this bluegrass <laughs> yeah. festival and we actually did ourselves very proud and uh, that, and then right. we said sorry can't stay and we and we, <laughs> and we you know we went for our one of six gigs a year you know kind of thing yeah. <laughs> I actually at that at that show I met I
1: talked with Matt Glazer mm-hmm. who is now the head of the bluegrass department at Berkeley. he was oh, wow. a young guy
2: wow they have a bluegrass
1: department there oh yeah Yeah. Well, Molly Tuttle's from there, Sarah Jaros is from there. All of these hot young uh, bluegrassers Mm. went to Berkeley.
0: To get back to how the band functioned both, you know, back in the the 70s, 80s. And then again, when you guys were were going through it in earnest, how did you function as a democracy? Or was there like a, a de facto leader? Because talking to other people who play with my dad, It seemed he had no problem being the leader. And I know that wasn't purely the case in the band. So was there was it really like everyone had a vote or someone's taking the lead on stuff?
1: Well, we were communists, so we were all comrades. (laughs) There was no leader. (laughs) That was I think that was one of the best things because nobody, you know, There was nobody that you had to say, oh, he's the guy. We got to listen to him. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think occasionally, depending on the song, there might be someone who said, you know, let me handle this tune, you know, to, you know, to work it out or whatever. But it was very communal. I mean, it was, it was, it was very, you know, like, uh, you want to do this or no, I'd rather do that. Okay, fine. You know, it was always, it was always like that. I, I think I mean, that's my yeah,
2: record. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was
1: always a lot of fun. To me, it was always a lot of fun. Yeah. So it was never like if we were working out something, and, and we were serious about some of the stuff we did. But it was not like, you know, you know, someone yelling at somebody because well, <laughs> Jeff used to yell at me occasionally, but that wasn't, but it, but it wasn't like. Uh, you know going crazy so it, it was it was always it was always fun
2: yeah always fun and you know depending on the song so yeah. you know some songs if you if it, if it was your dad's song you know he would have a uh, things in mind and and plus we we just sort of fell into you know you fall into parts right, right. oh well singing wise or or otherwise and um And then arranging our best arrangements were always the ones where everybody participated. Those were always our best arrangements where we just sort of be going in one direction. And then somebody would just suggest something that would take us in a whole different direction and 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 then get somebody else sort of into it. And then bingo, you know, magic happened. You know, that moment when you're playing a song and you just like you have this rush of I don't know what it is. It's just euphoria. It's pure euphoria when something just sort of, you know, turns a corner and becomes and and you and you realize that's what we were looking for. And, you know, a lot of times you never get there. You never get there with it. There's so many songs what we, you know worked on that just never really got to a level where we felt like they were ready to perform to anybody Mm. um but that's kind of the way it works right yeah Yeah. now you mentioned um the
0: earlier on and we we were talking about my dad's last show uh well i guess there was a show at, at albert hall in late january i guess um yes that you guys played um now and we did everside mm-hmm. we did everside and my uh, this was uh, ended up being my dad's last performance um i've barely watched that show my mom could not watch that the uh, the performance of that have you guys have you guys watched or listened to that um, actually i haven't seen
1: it because I, I have a home video
0: of it and oh no and i and i don't know if jeff I, if you have the recordings of it or, or at
2: all you or... know i've been I've been terribly remiss. When I retired, I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm getting logic. I'm gonna <laughs> master. I'm learning how to master all our recordings." I've done diddly frickin' squat. Well, um, I, I'd love to I've hear learned- some of the.
0: I'd love to hear some of the old tapes. So if you, if you, maybe that will be the catalyst as a favor to me to get I some of the old right stuff. I have
2: one right here. I could play this. I could. I could play this song right now. Well, Otto I Wood, no. um, oh Otto Wood, yeah, I love yeah. that Yeah, when was the last time you heard that, huh? And I don't great, know whether you did da- such a great. Yeah, I don't know. whether Land of the Navajo was one of his best ones too. <laughs> Dave, I don't know whether Otto. I always thought he wrote Otto Wood. Was no, that, no, it's a, it, it's
1: a it's an old. It is. Folky. Yeah, yeah. I okay. mean, maybe not the way we did it, but it was a I don't know what was a character, uh, some sort of yeah. criminal type.
2: Yeah. He was a bad man.
0: You know, as you mentioned, you guys were supposed to practice the day my father passed away. How did yeah. you end up hearing about that and what was I guess your rea- you know? Well, well
1: I re- I re- I remember I remember the exact moment, if you really want to no, I, you know, we, Bonnie and I had a design company yeah, and our office was in the first floor of our house and I had two guys, I had a meeting with these two guys who happened to be idiots <laughs> and your mom called and it was like, she told me what happened and I was like, you're kidding. You know, I, I, I just didn't yeah. even, I, it was hard for me to comprehend and these knuckleheads are sitting in in the the kitchen that, which we use those cover I said I said to them, I literally said holy shit, one of my best friends just passed away and they looked at me and they were like oh wow yeah but look, we want to talk to you <laughs> oh about designing God. this website and I was like you guys gotta leave <laughs> you know yeah. And I had to kick I had to kick them out and I don't know I don't know if I called Jeff or yeah us, you called for... me yeah yeah and then it was just and like then
2: we had a we had a phone chain by the way yeah we had a special phone chain so if he called me then I would call Doug and 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 then he he would call Jim So every you know only had to make one phone call yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of thing so yeah you called me and I called uh well I wouldn't have called Doug <laughs> Huh. No, Maybe no, Doug, call, Doug wasn't involved Jim.
0: at that time because I didn't know. No, Doug. he was not. He, no. he but he you did know, come Doug back. We were, <laughs>
1: yeah. and we, we, uh, we went to your house right away. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, we, yeah, everyone exactly. by
0: by the time I came home from my friend driving me up, it was a packed house, and everyone was already there.
2: Uh, yeah, we were there like ASAP. Yeah. I mean, it was well. Like, we were oh, we were supposed to be there because that's yeah. where we were practicing. So right, uh, you know.
1: But this was like, it it was like in the afternoon when your mom called. So it was just sort of like, it was, and it was just like, gotta go, you know, they kicked those knuckleheads out of the house. And then we just,
0: uh, and then you did, I, I, I guess I had forgotten that you're, I probably knew and just forgot, um, that, uh, he, uh, that you, you guys played the next month down in, in Albert hall. The uh, next week. It was the next? It was, yeah, it was like
2: days. on the tw- We played on you're- the twenty seventh. So yeah, because yeah, I, I must have been
0: back at school because I I was home for a week. I must have already. I must have went back right before that gig. Um, no,
1: yeah, I remember because your mom was there, Amy Sue was there, Bonnie was there. You know all the all the wives were there. Yeah, and uh, we worked so, up um, that hank williams you know i'm so lonely. that was the only time we played it yeah and i think your mom couldn't stay in the room and and then afterward jim came up to me and said i don't think we've ever played any one song as well as we played that one
0: yeah
1: i think he said something like that
0: That, it was just three of you
2: it was just three of you playing
0: yep it was just three of us yeah
2: yep and then yeah And then we continued just the three of us for, you know, a long time. Yeah. Oh,
0: I know you guys played with Gary the next, that fall for the street fair, I believe. Right. I think he came down uh, for the Caldwell street fair and played. um, Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah, We have a a lot of pictures of that. Yes, definitely. And we Um, might've done it one more time after that.
1: Yeah, I think we play with Gary. He came down a couple of times. Yeah, for, for various things over the years.
0: Since obviously, I when when I came aboard, um, must have been two thousand six ish, two thousand six, two thousand seven. I don't remember what, how, how what what happened, what transpired, or how I was invited in. Uh, I know it was very cathartic for me to be involved with it. Um, because you know just having that connection to what my dad did at the time um was this like a I, I forget because i know jim's son jared was involved playing washboard and percussion and stuff uh and then he went to college and was it i i don't remember was it just like you guys asked me to fill in for him or do you re- do you recall how it came through we just it- needed
1: somebody who could play in tempo uh, i mean yeah no <laughs> no no i mean, no, i <laughs>
2: i asked you and um yeah i mean you're a fantastic washboard player thank you i mean you're like awesome drummer but you know not well, everybody I, I, not every drum good drummer is a good washboard player
1: uh, well i remember you playing the five gallon water jug. Yeah. That was, uh, that was,
0: yeah that was that well, was well I, I figured we had some at home and i'm like You know, we we're going to be a jug band. Might as well have this giant jug of uh, you know Poland Spring bottle here. Yeah. um,
2: Well, no. So that worked out
1: very. That worked out well.
2: Well, I just want I just want your audience to know, Josh, Mm -hmm. that uh, we did an original song called "Lady Lumberjack," and that's
1: right. You did the lumberjack. It was
2: interrupted at one point. When our washboard player <laughs> stood up and declared to the world that he was a lumberjack, and then we launched into the lumberjack song that you led us through, yeah, and that it was, was hilarious. Well, because we were playing a Halloween
0: show, right? And I remember, yes. yeah, where they had because it was like a contest of who could dress as a lumberjack. Was that was that because of what we were planning on doing, or was that yeah? I forget. Yeah, I
1: have a picture somewhere. There's some of random think, old
2: guy of like I, on yes. stage with us. No, I think it was just coincidence. Or whether he wears it every year, maybe. I don't know, but uh <laughs> I, uh yeah. Because I remember was...
0: Yeah, because we were talking about it and I think I said For you know, because I was being uh, like a lumber lumberjack is like my default costume because of the beard and just I like wearing flannel. It's easy, and I think I was a lumberjack either that that year or the year before. And so I was just like, I'm already a lumberjack. Why don't we just? I think you know cuz growing up I think you Jeff you were my gateway into Monty Python cuz you and Evan would always crack these jokes from Holy Grail and I was like where is this from and you know find, you know so I just figured it would be it would be great and it, it ended up being an amazing I don't think I've ever oh, man. I think I saw the video once I haven't seen that in 16 17 years since since we've done it yeah. I got to I got to see that Actually, you... I just
1: I just saw a picture a still picture cuz I, I was wearing one of those Elmer Fudd hats Yeah and a and a flannel shirt Uh i don't know where i just looked i just saw it somewhere I, I would just yeah
2: yeah that was uh we had we had some crazy good crazy good times there yeah uh different different themes but that one that one was pretty spectacular yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. now
2: i i do i do want to ask
0: um you know before we, we we wrap up do you think if my my you know you guys have had in the the last couple of I guess, you know, since I've left in 2008, you know, to when I started my teaching career and moved to Maryland uh, first, you guys started to have a lot more people come back into the band. You said Doug, I think, came back and some other people and you've had kind of, you know, now since Jim's passed, obviously things things are different, but. You had more people involved. Do you think that if my father had not passed it, you guys would have had event eventually invited more people. And you think it would have just been the core four of you that would have kept going.
1: I think it would have been the core four actually. I mean, it, like after your dad left, I mean, it was just the three of us. And for me, I think we were at our most agile when we were when we were the three um you know doug got back involved when we had i think it was
2: the 40th anniversary
1: the 40th anniversary we had a we had a like a reunion Hmm. of everybody that had anything to do with the jug band mostly the old high school guys yeah and doug was there and doug showed up with his brother donald and um, well, hold Dave. on,
2: Dave. Hold on. Okay. I had been since your dad died. Um and uh Doug and I had strayed mm-hmm. um for a different reason because he got divorced and um you know drifted off. Right. Uh but every couple of years i would ping him about hey you know how you doing and would you like to get together and play some music never would want to do it and you know still hurt and by the way he held it against everybody else except me uh, which i don't know anyway uh So we're having the 40th anniversary, and so leading up to it, it's like a year ahead or whatever, and then I send him my, you know, typical, hey, it's the 40th anniversary, man. Come on. Mm -hmm. Get over it. And so he says, okay, I'll come, but only if I'm back in the band. And I was (laughs) like, well, I'm totally okay with that. And I brought it to Dave and, and Jim, and Jim was totally against it. And Dave was like, oh, man. (laughs) Um, So anyway, what happened was Doug and his brother Donald. Now Donald filled in for Gary on Banjo back in 19... What was it? Uh, I guess it was uh, during college or whenever it was. But... He played with us for a couple of years, and he was a kid. Um, Anyway, fast forward, Doug joins, rejoins the band, and Donald rejoins the band. And we had, I don't know, that was at least five, six years, right, Dave, where we played with uh, with the two of them.
1: We played at that that, that night nice show at uh, Roca, and uh, yeah, that
2: was our that was the I pinnacle was, for us. That was that was yeah. a wonderful wonderful show, and we would do you know like summer concerts and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and um, but then Donald just you know decided he had had enough, and he just didn't want to do well, it I, anymore. yeah,
1: I, I think he and Doug were not seeing eye to eye uh, politically anymore, and yeah. And and I think Donald's wife was making Doug nuts. So <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, yep. you know, a uh, Yes. Anyway, so uh, once Donald left, then um, you know we were like, oh okay, well now you you know, forget bluegrass is is yeah. gone. Can't do that, um, and. And then it wasn't very long after it was like a year or two after and jim dies i mean you know and when you lose you know not just your bass player but jim yeah uh it's like well what now what do you do you know like this is not the first time because when your dad died we were like oh my god well you know once you get past the my friend died and you get to the well what about the music I think what Dave Dave pointed out was, you know, we had to reexamine how we played together, and for for just the three of us, I think we did we did some really really great stuff, and that was during the period where you played with us, mm-hmm. and Lauren played with us, and Stacy played, you know, all our kids, and we would just draw people and say, "Hey, come on," you know. Yeah, yeah, right. we get a whole bunch of people on the stage and you know we but even without all of that just the three of us you know we had some really good times doing that um you know so we've had all these different phases and uh you know we're not quite sure what phase we're in now i tell you the truth so uh, um but you know it continues it continues
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. well uh you guys, I really want to thank you for coming on the show, talking to me, uh, you know, and reminiscing about, you know, my dad and the and the and the band and everything. Mm. And um, you know, thank you for letting me be a part of the band and being a part of my life. Um, you guys have been huge parts of it in terms of music and just in in terms of memories and, and trips and everything. So hopefully we'll all get to see each other uh soon. Um, you know, and you know, well, it's... we'll do a thing. Yeah, we'll you know, have
2: a we'll have a summertime something somewhere, and yeah. everyone can come. That sounds good. I I have a question. Yeah. For you, for you, Josh. Have you ever considered playing bass?
0: Uh... <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh... No, we should get. We should get Sammy to play bass. I, he,
0: he's got no time, dude. He's yeah. got, and he's he's and traveling. Like, he's traveling I, every, I, I everywhere. Say, I say
1: that jokingly, yeah. of course.
0: If yeah. you could get him involved in a jug band, in that I, that would be that would be amazing in itself. And then,
1: no, <laughs> sit. I, I then, think we should guess. I think we should guest star in one of his, his cash, cash gigs in Las Vegas. Yeah. No, Those David, chicks would go crazy.
2: Then then we'd be famous. And then like, what? Yeah. And then, you know.
0: Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so much for coming. on. I appreciate it.
1: Disco based.
2: That's right. Practice that base, Josh. Um, we'll do and I'll, I'm will calling Albert Hall right now. <laughs> Talk to you guys soon. All
1: right. All right. Bye. Take it easy.
0: I really want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of the podcast. Again, this was an important project for me to do to remember my father, so I hope you get a sense of what type of person and musician he was and found the stories about him and the people he played music with interesting and enjoyable. And if you haven't already listened to the other episodes of this mini series, I hope you do. Now, whether this is your first time or you've been listening since the beginning, I really appreciate everyone checking out the podcast and would really love for you to subscribe to the show and maybe give it a review or, you know, just tell a friend about us. If you'd like to follow the show on social media, we're on Instagram and Twitter, both at DadRocksPod, as well as on Facebook by searching up Dad Rocks Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or any show ideas for us, or just want to give us a shout, You can always email us at dadrockspod at gmail.com. Now, before I go, I'd like to say something. If your dad is still alive, give him a call. Shoot him a text. Just tell him you love him. And if you have kids, give him a hug and tell them the same thing. You never know when you won't have that opportunity again. So, I want to say thank you again for listening. And remember, dads, you rock.
4: And dad... I love you. Step outside and fumble along with me, and I'll bask in the blue.